The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, it is your breath that is in our lungs, and we pour out our praise to you. Everything that we have to offer, everything that we give, our ability to sing, our ability to work, to study, uh, to do anything uh, is from you and because of you, the giver of life and creator. And we're so grateful that you saved us, that you had love for us, that you um, would even consider us um, in spite of who we are. Um, we're created in your image, and so I pray that uh, you would take whatever offering that we have uh, to offer to you, to give to you as, um, as our worship, as a token of our worship. And thank you for your presence in this place. In your name, amen. God is good. God is good, amen. amen. And um, as I just, our passage for today is Psalm 23, and we're continuing in our Easter series called Resurrection Life. And uh, this is a psalm of David, it says. The, the subtitle is very simple. It just says, a psalm of David. Uh, King David... Um, it was probably written um, later in life when he was a king, actually a king. Looking back, uh, perhaps to the time when he was a shepherd himself, if you remember, David as a young man, as a young boy, uh, was shepherd to his father's flocks. And uh, he was a shepherd actually when, during the popular famous story of David and Goliath when he came to visit his brothers. Uh, he had been tending to his father's uh, sheep and he was a shepherd. So... I imagine David reflecting on the goodness of God, David reflecting on the faithfulness of God, David reflecting, um, reminiscing, uh, kind of thinking about, meditating on how loyal God's love is. And one of the key words um, in this psalm is uh, the Hebrew word hased, uh, which is translated, it's difficult for translators to actually have one word to define it. Uh, some say faithfulness, some say mercy, loving kindness, goodness. If you see that in the Old Testament, uh, faithfulness, mercy, loving kindness, it's probably the word said. Um, but a good way to translate that is your loyal love, God's loyal love for us, his covenant love. Uh, God has gone all in um, to love us. And once we are submitted to the covenant, to following him, to obeying him, then uh, God is committed to us. And that commitment, that faithfulness, that loving kindness, that mercy, all the traits of God when he's in love with his people, that's hased. And so when the psalmist says, surely your goodness and hased will follow me all the days of my life, he's saying your loyal love, surely your loyal love will follow me all the days of my life. 
uh, David is reflecting on God's goodness, his faithfulness, his loyal love. And uh, this is a really famous psalm, right? A lot of people, about half of you can recite it or at least recite some verse in, in it. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. Rappers sing about, yea, though I walk through the belly of the shadow. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Uh, everyone, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of our culture. You see it on plaques or uh, hanging up in the bathroom. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. And one of, it's probably one of the most quoted psalm and one of the uh, most used psalm in funeral services, for instance, um, when someone has passed away, uh, perhaps because of um, the comfort um, that's in it and its reference to the shadow of death. The Valley of the Shadow of Death, it's used in as a comfort psalm um, in funerals, uh, which is interesting. It's kind of ironic because this psalm is actually perfect for those who are living, right? Not just for those who are dead, but those who are living life with God and trying to pursue life in Jesus, living the resurrection life, because it's talking about a relationship with God. Right? It's talking about this hased, this faithful, loyal love, this covenant relationship that God has with us. Um, and in the midst of life's ups and downs, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of the darkest valley, in the midst of evil surrounding everyone, in the midst of enemies and fear and anxiety, um, because we know David had a lot of paranoia and fear. If you read the Psalms, you're like, wow, this guy really, you know, was afraid of people because he talks about enemies and fear and weeping in his bed and he's going to die tomorrow and it's just kind of doomsday. Uh, but in the midst of him having that anxiety, having that fear, he thinks about the Lord. And when he thinks about the Lord, he thinks about, man, God provides God is faithful, God feeds, God protects, God surrounds, right? God anoints me. And even when he gives, it's not just parsing out, right? He doesn't just kind of give me bits and pieces here and there so I can just make it. The image is one of abundance, right? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and my cup, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows, right? And like, can I have some, can you pour me some wine? Sure, Dave. Good, stop, stop, stop. That's the image of the cup just spilling out, that it's so full, it's overfull, and it's dripping down. Uh, this is the abundant love of God. This is the abundance of God's goodness and his kindness and how he um, doesn't just give, but gives us fully. Um, when I was uh, in high school, I was a three-sport athlete, and uh, one of the things I was known for was not only being short and small and light, uh, but for my intensity. And part of it was because I had small man's disease, right? I had to make up for it. So when I played football, I had to put all my speed and weight into making that hit or that tackle, right? Because everyone was bigger than me, so I would just go run full speed and go fly like at people. Uh, 
with all the concussion fear and stuff, people are like, oh man, you know, I was like a flying spear. And if the running back or receiver just juked, I would, I would just be flying, right? <laughs> because I had to put everything in it, you know, all that intensity. And then track, uh, I ran with wild abandon. And one of the best advice I got from the coaches, uh, when he saw me sprinting, he was just like, Dave, you're all over the place. You see your legs are just like sprawling out. You're not even staying in your, straight in your lane. You're just way too, like you get the like game face on and you're just too tight. And actually, you know, when you get too tight, your muscles tense and you can't get that true speed out of yourself. Um, I also pole vaulted. And the important thing about pole vaulting is having the right steps. Right? You measure out your steps because you have to plant at the right spot. If you're too under your pole when you plant, it's gonna mess up your swing. If you're too far out, it's gonna mess you up. So you have to run consistently. And I, of course, wanted to attack, you know, attack my balls. And so I'd always, when I first started out running, like I'm in a joust, like I'm gonna knock someone out, right? Running as hard as I can, and I'm like, oh, my neck muscles are like tense, and I'm like tense like this, sprinting, and, you know, just And my steps would always be off. They'd be inconsistent. And the jumping coach would be like, just relax. Right? You don't have to try to go full speed. You just have to be consistent, relax, uh, and focus on technique. And, and that's a good lesson for me in life, uh, in everything. Um, that when I think the best way or approach to something is intensity or the hardest, uh, sometimes it's good to stop and step back and be like, no, right? Just relax and ease into it or kind of see all angles. Um, let the muscles of your soul, your spirit, and your mind calm down so that uh, you can perform even better. And um, what I see in this psalm from the psalmist is this relinquishment a sense of relinquishment to the leadership and strength of the shepherd. Right? When we think about a shepherd, what do you imagine? You imagine some, maybe some kind of Christmas pageant, some guy in a robe with a, with a belt and like, you know, a hood thing and they're like carrying this staff and they have rosy cheeks and there's happy sheep, plump and fat going, come on sheep, let's go, right? Uh, but actually, as we remember from the story of David and Goliath, David had to protect his sheep from wild animals, from bears and from lions. And he was like, yeah, when a wolf, it was like nonchalant. Yeah, when a wolf came or a bear came, I just jacked the wolf up or the bear up to protect my sheep. And we're like, whoa, this guy is legit. Right? He's tough. And the shepherd in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He makes me, right? It's not a, very, not a passive shepherd. It's a very aggressive and strong shepherd. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. And I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I need to be made to rest, right? Because I'm driven. A lot of us are driven. If you know, a lot of us are professionals, or we work hard, or 
we're educated, we know what it means to study, we know what it means to work hard, you know, we know what it means to uh, make the paycheck, make the grade, and we're driving, we're driving, we're driving, we're trying to climb the ladder, it's a doggy dog world, um, it's fast paced out there, and sometimes it's really difficult to actually just wind down and embrace life, right? Wind down and just soak it all in. Sometimes you need someone to make you rest, and that's, that's the case for me. And I feel like God physically is doing that physically with me. I've, I've told you epic sagas of my uh, Achilles tendonitis, but right before we were on vacation last, last week, but right before we took off, my knee, my right knee got fluid in it, and it was like just, it's still pretty big, but it was like way bigger. And, you know, I really quick made an appointment with the doctor, and the doctor said there might be an infection. You know, you got to be careful because if it spreads, that can be bad. You could die. Um, so he took this big needle. He's like, I got to take some fluid, joint fluid out. This big needle, and he just goes, right, into my knee joint. And he's sucking, you know, he's trying, he's moving it around. I'm, every time he moves it around, I'm like, oh, my gosh, excruciating pain. And it's like, are you vacuuming my knee out or something? It just feels like you're sucking everything out of my knee. And he got, like, two, like, big cylinders of just fluid out of my knee. And it was still fat, and I would... I would tap my knee and it would like jiggle. And you can still, the fluid has gone down my leg because of gravity and you can, you can like put your thumb inside my shin uh, and stuff like that. Uh, but the point is, I had this fat knee and I had to take antibiotics uh, uh, because of the, to fight off bacteria, any bacteria that was in there. And uh, we were at Disneyland. And if you've ever been to Disneyland, it's all about walking around, <laughs> walking, standing, waiting. Isaiah wants me to carry him. Cammy wants me to carry her. Walking, standing, waiting. And my knee just got fatter and fatter and fatter. And, uh, and in reflecting about this, it's like, my legs are something that I've taken for granted, right? They're things that I'm low. I have strong legs, strong legs, run in the family. I've always relied on my legs to carry me, to take me swiftly wherever I wanted to go. But now I'm having problems with my legs. And it's like, what is up with this, right? Yesterday I was playing Ultimate and this gal skied over me and grabbed a disc. Like she jumped over me and I was like, Oh my gosh, what are you, what's going on with me? Not that, I mean, girls are totally athletic. But uh, before, it wouldn't have happened. And so, crushing me, crushing me, crushing me. And I think God kind of taking out these knees and these legs is his way of saying, dude, lay down. Right? Relax. Calm the flip down. Right? He's making me lie in green pastures. And sometimes we need a strong arm to make us rest. Right? Just because you work 60 plus hours 
and then on top of that, you're always on your email, right? Outside of work hours, doesn't mean productivity will go up, right? They've done studies, right? Actually, if you rest more, right? Uh, if if a company allows for a good work-life balance and uh, allows for people to rest and kind of have sane hours, so maybe they work less, but actually productivity goes up. And so we tend to strive, but in our striving, uh, we go nowhere. And, and we're, we're destroying ourselves at the same time. So this, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down. He leads me. He takes me and leads me to where there's quiet waters, where I can drink, where there's actually life for me. He restores or he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path. And God never promised us that we wouldn't have hard times, that there wouldn't be dark days. Amen? Right, being a Christian isn't about having a golden ticket to a happy life. Right? Being a Christian means that even though you walk through the valley, darkest valleys, even though you are in the shadow of death, you know who to turn to, right? God. And the, the psalmist says, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, right? Uh, I was trying to think of other kind of objects other than a rod or a staff that would like hit home, right? Your brass knuckles, no. Your nunchucks and your spear, or your, your samurai sword and your shield, right? God's there protecting us, guiding us, helping us, uh, even in the darkest days. Amen? Are you with me? Amen. Turn to God to comfort you. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and there's an obvious connection there, that Jesus is the good shepherd. And this is harking back to anything, any of the pastoral kind of psalms or pastoral things um, in the Old Testament referring to God as shepherd. The word pastor itself, I'm Pastor Dave, the word pastor itself comes from the word for shepherd, for sheep, right? Pastoral in literature, pastoral literature is this idyllic scene of pastures and greenness, um, but this, I like this image in Psalm 23 of a pastor, because oftentimes when people say, oh, pastor, right, it means he'll listen to me, whatever I say, and accept me for who I am, right? Or he'll come visit me when I'm sick. Yes, those are things that pastors do, or he's gentle and nice because he's Christian and he's a pastor, right? Yes, gentleness, niceness, I'm not quite a nice pastor, but God's working on me. But uh, that's strength, right? God guides, God leads, God makes me, right? God takes me where I need to go even though I don't want it. Even though I don't know what I want, he makes me go there, right? I'm over here saying, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, right? I need to be an athlete. I need the glory. I need the score. I need to 
The next image in the psalm is of God as a host, not as a shepherd, but as a host. Right? The psalmist switches gears and says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Right? This spread of food. It's for me. And you anoint my head. And my cup overflows. This abundance of food. Right? Abundance of drink. The abundance of life in God, his faithfulness. And the psalmist ends with, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again, that's the word has said. Surely your goodness uh, and your love would be has said, your faithful love, your covenant love will follow me all the days of my life. When I forget, when I don't know, uh, that's when uh, God's love remains faithful. God's love remains true. Amen? This has said all the days of my life. So I'm going to read this uh, psalm again. And I just want us to kind of reflect and meditate on what, what it's speaking to us, what this psalm is saying in this moment in your life, in this context of who you are and what you're doing. Um, this psalm is actually, and many of the psalms are corporate, are corporate, the people, of, they represent the people of Israel and their relationship with God. And they often reflect back to God's covenant relationship with his people. That's where the uh, word has said it, it pivots on that covenant relationship. And it further goes back to like the Exodus, God's deliverance of the people of Israel when times were hard. And yet it's very intimate, right, and individual and private. It's the psalmist saying, you do this for me. And so um, that, that intermingling of corporate and yet private, right, is a reflection of God in all of those spheres. God is faithful. Right? He's faithful to you personally. He wants to minister and pastor and guide you and lead you. Are there places in your life you're striving and fighting, um, but you're not filling yourself, right? You're not experiencing life because you're chasing after the wrong things. And when you like think about it logically, you're like, why am I doing this? It's hurting me. I, there's so many times in my life where I'm, I need to, why don't I just stop doing this? I'm not, it's not doing anything for me. Right? So stop. Right? God wants something different for you. 
or if you're experiencing anxiety in life, like you have, you're carrying a lot of burden and you just don't know uh, what to do with it. Like the promise in here is that um, God protects, God heals. Amen. So I'm going to read this passage again, kind of Lectio style, just reflect and let your soul kind of reach out and grab uh, one of the, a phrase or an image or a verse, and then we'll have some time to respond. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to read it one more time. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So at this time, take some, uh, grab one person or two people next to you and share how is this, uh, how Psalm 23 hitting you right now. And just take some time to respond. Got it? Well, that means you got to, like, talk to your neighbor. John chapter 10, verses 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my unaccord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. 
this command I received from my Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you lay your life down for us, that you are the good shepherd, and that uh, your love is for us, that you are for us, and that you don't run away when things are hard, um, when the heat is turned up to save yourself, but that you came to save us. And we're all in need of saving um, in our respective lives. Uh, I come, come and be good shepherd to us. And we know that in the end, uh, as the psalmist said, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That whatever the promises, whatever the traits uh, that the psalmist had said earlier, that you do, you provide. Um, the most important thing is your temple, your presence in the temple, that we dwell with you, and that your presence is the gift itself. And so we want to be in your presence, in your name.